It's time to get inside the Giants huddle. Huddle up, huddle up, huddle up. On Giants.com. Here we go, here we go. And the Giants mobile Get them in there, let's go. Part of the Giants podcast network. Welcome to a special edition of the Giants huddle podcast. John Schmelk, Lance Meadow, Paul Dottino with you, breaking down the Giants final 53-man roster. Before we get going, I want to remind everybody you can find the Giants huddle podcast on Giants.com slash podcast on the Giants mobile app and on all your favorite podcast platforms. If you're on Apple Podcasts, Please give a five-star positive view. And wherever you're listening to this, please subscribe. Make us part of your feed. Gentlemen, we have a 53-man roster. By Monday, it's probably going to be a different 53-man roster. <laughs> yes. But that's but but that's okay. Uh, 4 p.m. on Saturday was the deadline. Uh, every NFL team had to be down to 53 players. Now as players get put on injured reserve because they have to be carried onto the roster this year, uh, the waivers process will now go on for the next 24 hours. Teams will add players. They will add street free agents to complete their 53, and then, of course, they will fill out their practice squad once the waiver process is over as well. All right, gentlemen, first of all, how are you? Before I start going through all the players here that are on the team and the ones that aren't. Exhausted after looking at all these names, John. How are you? I'm good, Lance. <laughs> I'm doing very well. I'm just excited that we're inching closer to a meaningful football game, that we finally have the initial 53-man roster. So I look at that as somewhat of a positive development. Yes, we are eight days from our first football Sunday of the season, which is great. We are five days away to our football Thursday. Of course, we're recording this right after roster cuts, just after 4 o'clock on Saturday, September 5th. And, of course, we are eight days away uh, from the nine days away, rather, from the Giants' home opener. First game of the season against the Pittsburgh Steelers on Monday Night Football. Okay, let's go through the names, folks. Here's who the Giants kept on their 53-man roster and who they let go. Kept only two quarterbacks, keeping both, of course, Daniel Jones and Colt McCoy. That means Alex Tanney and, of course, Cooper Rush were released. At running back, four players, Barkley, Deion Lewis, Wayne Gallman, Eli Penny. No one else made the roster there. Wide receiver only kept five, which was a surprise to us, Sterling Shepard, Golden Tate, Darius Slayton, Corey Coleman, and the fifth guy to beat out all the others, C.J. Board. That means Alex Bachman did not make it. That means Austin Mack, Benjamin Victor. Those guys not on the roster. Johnny Holton as well, who was added late in the process. David Sills was waived injured. Tight ends only three. Lance got that one right. Evan Ingram, Caden Smith, Levine, Toy Lolo, they on the roster there at tight end. Offensive line, they kept nine. The five starters, as you would imagine, and that includes Nick Gates. I don't know if he's a starter or not, but I will include him in that five. Spencer Pulley, also on the roster. Matt Parrott, the third-round pick on the roster. Shane Lemieux on the roster. And Chad Slade. Offensive lineman, number nine. Of course, Thomas and Fleming, the starting tackles. Hernandez, Zeitler, the starting guards. Only 23 offensive players. That means, along with the three specialists, Graham Gano, Riley Dixon, and Casey Kreider, you have 27 defensive players on the final 53. Six, what I will term, interior defensive linemen. Dalvin Tomlinson, Dexter Lawrence, Leonard Williams, B.J. Hill, R.J. McIntosh, and Austin Johnson all making the final 53. Outside linebackers slash edge rushers, six. Lorenzo Carter, Marcus Golden, O'Shane Zimenez, Kyler Fackrell, none of those surprises. Both rookies, Cam Brown and Carter Coughlin, on the final 53. Five inside linebackers. That means 11 total linebackers on the roster. Blake Martinez, David Mayo, who will go to IR once um, he's able to with this 53-man set. Devontae Downs, and then two rookies, TJ Brunson, Tay Crowder, and the name you did not hear there, is second-year inside linebacker Ryan Connolly, not on the final 53. At defensive back, we put them all in one big group. Here we go, 10 of them. 
James Bradbury, Isaac Yadam, Corey Ballantyne, Logan Ryan, Darnay Holmes, Jabril Peppers, Julian Love, Sean Chandler, Nate Ebner, and Xavier McKinney, who will be eligible for injured reserve once this gets set and the Giants can replace both him and Mayo. So let's start with this question. We'll start with you first, Paul. Your biggest surprise looking at this final 53. Ryan Connolly has got to be sticking out like a sore thumb to me. I'm just – I understand he's coming off the knee, and I would think that there's certainly a real chance that the Giants will ask him back on the practice squad should he clear waivers. But, you know, he had done enough at practice where I had thought that he was moving and and at least showing us some capability – that, that I, I had him on my 53, and, and that's a guy certainly I think that all Giants fans uh, liked, and I know he was productive in the limited time that we did see him in regular season action. I, I got a hunch that a lot of people probably would agree that, that he was the most surprising removal today. Uh, I'm sure you guys may have some other candidates, but for me it's pretty clear. No, I agree with you. I, I think for me, he's the biggest surprise in terms of the guys that were allowed that were left off the lot roster. Lance, your thoughts? Yeah, I would agree with the both of you. I think Ryan Connolly certainly comes to mind. The player that flashed last season during his rookie campaign, unfortunately, was cut short due to a torn ACL. It was encouraging to see him back on the field. He's going to go through waivers, so there, of course, is the possibility he goes unclaimed and he could make it back on the roster because if David Mayo is going to go to IR, which is what we all assume, that could open up another spot for an. Sure. Linebacker. Good point, Lance. To not duplicate what the two of you just said, I'm going to go in a different direction. And, John, I'm not going to mention a specific player. I think the most surprising development when I look at the roster breakdown is just keeping five wide receivers. And mm. the reason being, number one, there was a great deal of depth at that position in camp. You I almost had guys- seven on your prediction, right? I had kept six. No, but you no, but you almost had seven, correct? I almost I, that, did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes, I was very much on the fence in terms of making a case for another additional wide receiver. But the reason I'm surprised with respect to five, and granted, there is going to be a 16-player practice squad, so hopefully they'll be able to bring some of these guys back. But I'm just looking also at some of the injury history with the five guys that made the initial roster. When you think about Sterling Shepard and the concussions, you think about Corey Coleman coming back from a serious torn ACL. You think about Darius Slayton was a little bit banged up at times during the course of the season, more so during camp. So, and by the way, think, go, don't forget Golden Tate battling an injury at the end of camp. So of now, course, now is, is this a so, signal that they think he's going to be ready now? Maybe. It's possible. It's possible that perhaps they feel encouraged what they saw over the last few days with him being maybe limited. But the bottom line is you still don't know how the season's going to pan out. It's all hypothetical. And that's why I would have thought maybe you'd keep an additional wide receiver as an insurance policy and somebody also that could help contribute on special teams given it's still a relatively young roster. Yeah, I'm with you. Um, I'll throw two things out there. I think the six interior defensive linemen, to me, are a surprise. I'm I'm not sure how you're going to get those guys on the field for enough snaps. Um, to have all six, my guess is that a couple of those guys on a week-in, week-out basis might be on the inactive list on game days. I'm just not sure there's a value in dressing six. I think five makes sense, but I think six is a little bit much. Um, and then I, I don't think this is a surprise or, or certainly not a bad thing. They kept every draft pick except for one, Chris Williamson. And in a year when they had four seventh-round picks, they kept three out of those four. I think that's significant. And we had talked about this, Paul, 
And Lance, when the draft happened, the people were like, hey guys, what undrafted free agents do you think are going to make it? What do you think of the undrafted free agents? And my point had been that, hey guys, here's the thing. Those seventh round picks are almost equivalent to undrafted free agents. So they basically got their pick of the litter of that level of player with those four seventh round picks. They kept three of them. And there isn't one undrafted free agent on this final 53, un, 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 unless I'm missing them, and I don't think I am. There is I don't not, see one undrafted no. free agent, but they there kept three of those seventh-round picks, and I think that's why. That's a great point, John. I think before we get too caught up in, in these back-end of the roster kind of guys, we do have to keep in mind, and you said this earlier, McKinney and Mayo are IR candidates uh, they can come back after the third week according to the NFL rules, but the bottom line is they're probably going to be out at least a couple of months apiece. So we will expect to see two guys added to the 53 sometime within the next 24 to 36 hours, and it very well could be two of the guys who we've just talked about as being taken off the team. Right, and by the way, just so the folks understand, what's happening right now in NFL front offices, they're going through the waiver wire, any player that is under, is it four years experience, Lance? Correct. Yes, under four. Goes through the waiver wire, and every team in order gets a chance to, to claim these players, to add them to their roster. If they don't, they become street-free agents that anyone can then add to their either roster or their practice squad um, once this waiver process takes place, which is a, a, a 24-hour period. So these teams are going to be working their you-know-what's-off in the next day trying to get this waiver process underway. And some of these players, Lance, that we're looking at on the 53 now might not be on that final 53 when we look at it tomorrow or, or Monday morning once this waiver process concludes. Yeah, it's a very fluid situation because there's going to be tons of guys that are going to go through the waiver wire, and then claims are going to be made based on draft order, which is important to note. Then it changes to the current standings once we get into a few weeks into the season. So based on the draft order, the Giants are going to have a relatively high spot on the waiver wire. I remember in 18, the Giants made a season high, a team high, and a league high. Whatever label you want to utilize, six claims. Do I anticipate it being that high this year? No, because, I mean, they do have a relatively young roster, as you alluded to, John. So I think that means they want to develop the bulk of this roster. Joe Judge had emphasized that over the course of training camp. I also think the reason why there were no undrafted rookies is what we talked about all offseason long. We knew it was going to be uphill battle for players that did not have OTAs, did not have spring workouts, had to learn the schemes and adjust to NFL life through a computer screen. Now, granted, the seventh rounders we're up against the same challenges, but I think it's fair to say when you're a player that's drafted by an organization, there's a little bit more value and substance that you hold in the mind of the front office because there was a reason why they utilized the draft pick on you. So I'm not surprised to see them choose the seventh round picks over some of the undrafted players. The other thing that I think is important to note as we go through the logistics Montre Hardage, who, remember, has a connection to Patrick Graham because they were together with the Dolphins, a guy who could play corner and safety, he was waived injured. And what that means is you're noting to other teams that there's an injury. He still goes through the waiver process. If he passes through the waiver process, he then reverts back to the Giants roster, but he goes on IR. And then if he wanted to then become available at some point this season, each side would have to work on a financial settlement for him then to either come back to the Giants eventually later the season or perhaps sign with another team. Correct, and David Sills was in that same situation when he was uh, waved injured a couple days ago as well. One other thing that jumps out to me, guys, this is, maybe thin isn't the right word, but I'll use it just because it's, um, I'm referencing the numbers, not the quality of the player. This is the thinnest skill position 
final roster I think I've ever seen. Four yeah. running backs, five wide receivers, three tight ends, 12 players dedicated to guys other than quarterbacks that are going to have the ball in their hands. Like, throw the quarterbacks in if you want. That's 14. That is a really small number of skill guys. And I think what that speaks to is that that's where the Giants have made a lot of their investments, right? Saquon Barkley, top five pick. Daniel Jones, top 10 pick. Sterling Shepard, second round pick contract extension. Golden Tate, fairly lucrative free agent. Darius Slayton was drafted late, but a, a very good player. Evan Ingram, first round pick. So I, I'm thinking maybe what these guys believe is that, look, we have a lot of confidence in these guys at these positions to take you know the bulk of the snaps and, and do a lot of the damage and, and, and get a lot of the production. So maybe on defense, where we're still trying to figure out who the best players are, how we're going to make this work this year, that's where we want more numbers so we can move guys in and out and really specialize in you guys to their best skill set because you don't have the, the same level of investment, especially in the defensive backfield necessarily and, and the second level and the edge rushers than you would have on offense. I have a, a totally off-the-board take, I think, on this, John. Oh, I love kinda, those. What do you got? Yeah, it's totally <laughs> off the board. Uh, I'm going to say this, and again, this is my opinion only. This is not coming from anybody in the offices. But I would think of the, the bubble guys who are on this 53, and I'm going to call it the first 53, okay, because I think we all agree it will change. So the bubble guys on the first 53 to me are Brown, Coughlin, Brunson, Crowder and Chandler I think to me those would have been the bubble guys that I certainly would have been really debating over well what's the common thread on those guys Uh, defensive backs and uh, linebackers and what do defensive backs and linebackers usually do when they don't play they're big guys on special teams good point and I'm just thinking we've discussed this now for for several weeks the Giants' top four of their top five special teams players from last year are no longer on the team. They were looking for a new Justice League, if you will, that Joe Judge wants to dominate on special teams. And we thought, at least I certainly thought, I think, Lance, you were with me, John, I don't think that you were, that Johnny Holton was picked up just a couple of days ago, the receiver coming off the, the Steelers' free agent scrap heap because he was an NFL gunner and a really, really good one. And that's why I, I figured for sure they got to fill up that special teams Justice League seat, and so he's going to make the team. Well, he didn't. And maybe that's because these linebackers and DBs on the back end of the depth chart are guys that Joe Judge believes he needs on his special teams unit. And maybe that's why I was mistaken in some of those bubble guys because I wasn't seeing them that way, and he was. Well, I think that's a very valid point because when you look at the group from last season, remember, we're talking about no Cody Core because unfortunately he tore his Achilles. He's on IR. You lose Michael Thomas in free agency. He signs with the Texans. Also, a name we haven't brought up too often, Antonio Hamilton, okay? He's mm-hmm. a guy that joined the Kansas City Chiefs. That's three key components of your special teams unit that is no longer on the roster. Okay, so they bring in Nate Ebner. So that's somebody that has been a staple special teams guy with New England, has ties to Joe Judge. But outside of that, you know, you were looking for reinforcements. So I could understand why... They said to themselves, okay, if nobody jumped out or we're still trying to define roles, let's keep the volume 
Let's keep those guys who jumped out to us in terms of athleticism, length, which is what you pointed out, Paul. And let's take a few more weeks to test out who we think is going to fill into these various roles. Now, C.J. Board, who did make the roster, I think is somebody that could be a candidate to contribute on special teams. Hey, let's face it. When you're the fifth wide receiver, you have to contribute on special teams. So he certainly would be a name to watch out. The other thing that I wanted to bring up just in terms of what the two of you were talking about in terms of the breakdown with it being 23 offensive players versus 27 defensive players. John, to piggyback off of your point, I look at it as on offense right now, the Giants have a few more proven commodities than they do on defense. Mm -hmm. That's the biggest difference. So again, I could see saying, let's keep a little bit more volume on defense because we still want to test what these young guys could do. If Patrick Graham's going to run a multiple defense, he's going to mix guys in and out. You're going to go deeper into your roster on the defensive side of the ball than perhaps on the offensive side of the ball where you probably could argue these guys are going to play in the high 80s to low 90s in terms of the percentage of snaps. On defense, yeah, you're probably going to have some guys that reach that pinnacle, but I also think it's going to be equal opportunist where Patrick Graham may revolve on a rotation of players, and that's why you need a little bit more bulk on defense versus what you're working with on offense. Yeah, and I think, to your point, Paul, what we're looking at with special teams and those linebackers, I think that was part of the plan. Like, you go back now, and we were like, wow, they took a lot of linebackers in the draft, didn't they? Mm -hmm. Well, they kept every single one of them. Every single one. So, to me, that's by design. That doesn't happen by accident. So, that was something that I think Joe Judge and Dave Gettleman, working together to build this roster, decided they wanted to do with a purpose. And the fact that all those guys made it, Carter Coughlin, Cam Brown, um, uh, Tay Crowder, and T.J. Brunson, the fact that all those guys made it, tells me that they value the linebacker position, but more importantly, and you said this before, Paul, where do linebackers really shine on special teams? And we saw Cam Brown do really well in the scrimmage two weeks ago on special teams. We know Carter Coughlin was one of the better athletes at the Combine. That will translate to special teams. He's also a try-hard guy. You know, Brunson's a guy who's fast and a big hitter. What does that translate to? Special teams. Tay Crowder, that's where he, you know— made a name for himself at Georgia as a special teams player. He only got on the field on defense in his senior year. Well, because he started as a running back, remember? Correct. Mm -hmm. And he was a big special teams player. So I think these linebackers and the fact that all of them made the roster does have a lot to do with special teams. And that's where these guys are going to help this roster moving forward. And we'll see now. Maybe when David Mayo gets let go, Maybe they're not going to replace him with a linebacker, and they'll replace him with an offensive player. Same thing with Xavier McKinney. It'll be interesting to see mm-hmm. what position that they replace those guys with. I would think that you'll see one more skill position guy added back on from one of those two. Wide receiver, John. Exactly. I agree 100%. And I think the other one's interesting. I think I don't think they'll go down to nine defensive backs. I think they'll want to stick with 10. So I think McKinney gets replaced with another DB. Whether that's a corner or a safety, I think will be interesting. If I mm-hmm. had to place a bet, I'd say corner because you have so many guys that can play safety on the final 53. But yeah. I bet you that Mayo will get replaced with an offensive player, likely a wide receiver. That's and, my of course, guess. we don't know who's going to come in from the outside. And they may have their eyes on somebody already on of the course. waiver wire yep. you know, or the free agent wire. I-, I will add one other small nugget to this whole special teams uh, storyline, and we should have Feagles on to talk about this. But the Philadelphia Paul, Eagles— If you think I could get Jeff to work on a Labor Day weekend when he's out <laughs> playing golf somewhere, you've got something else coming. No. But- 
but, chance. No, I, I know. So I'm just filling in for him today. <laughs> I, I will say this. The Philadelphia Eagles for years, and this goes back to under Andy Reid's direction when he was in the NFC East, they always made it a policy that they wanted to dominate on special teams, and one of the ways they did it was that they would actually reserve three or four roster spots on the back of their 53 for guys who were basically 98% special teams players, guys who they honestly believed would probably never take a snap from scrimmage, period. They were special teams gurus. And I'm, I'm just getting a real feel now for what I'm seeing here. It looks like Joe Judge is going to subscribe to something along those lines because, you know, he's got young and experienced green you know, rookie DBs and linebackers that he's kept. I think it's for special teams. We're assuming that it's the logical uh, way to go. And it just says to me that that's the way that Joe Judge wants to construct his unit. Well, remember, when you have a young team, and I know I could say this about any team, field position is always important, okay? It goes without saying, but I think it takes on a little bit more of an emphasis when you don't know necessarily the true defining characteristics of your defense right now and you want to of course help out your offense you need the special teams unit to meet you halfway and I think if there was one thing that was notable last season there were very few times where you would say the coverage units came back to bite the Giants now were there breakdowns on the defensive side of the ball yes were there turnover issues on offense yes but the special teams unit I thought there were very rare occurrences where you pointed to guys missed a tackle. There was a huge return, and that came back to bite the Giants. So I think Joe Judge and, of course, Thomas McGahee still being on the staff, you want to then make sure your coverage units are going to be strong and you're going to have options, guys that can hustle down the field, make tackles out in open space. And as you guys laid out, there are a lot of athletes that they could tap into on this roster. The other thing that I wanted to add with respect to the versatility point, John, that you mentioned in all likelihood, if McKinney goes on IR, that they'll bring in another defensive back. Remember, there is some versatility and interchangeable parts within the secondary. That doesn't mean that they shouldn't add an additional person, but Logan Ryan and Julian Love are capable of playing both corner and safety. You just wonder the logic behind moving those guys around. Does that give them a little more freedom and flexibility in the early stages of the season yeah. and maybe getting away with just having nine DBs as opposed to bringing the number back up to 10 once we assume McKinney goes on IR? Given the league and the way they pass the ball now, nine is nine is a small number of defensive backs to carry on your final 53. Didn't we all have 10 yesterday? We did. Yeah, we, we all did. had 10. Mm -hmm. yeah. I mean, yeah, so I'm not going to change my opinion on that. No, I, and you. I'm not expecting you to change. I'm just throwing it out as just a conversational piece. That's all. Yeah, I mean, to me, I, I think I think that's such an important position now. And you, know, you talk about personal versatility, right? I mean, Jabril Peppers can be a sub-package linebacker, too, if you want. Yeah. Which And if you want to use him in that role in dime, where you know he's basically you know uh, – acting as a linebacker though he's a DB so it's almost like a like a small nickel or a big dime um, that would be something you can consider so uh, I would bet that they replace McKinney and and we, you know if you look at the guys they kept in that defensive backfield there aren't a number a lot of straight cornerbacks right the only straight cornerbacks that they kept are Bradbury Ballantyne Holmes and Yadam the former third round pick they traded for this week mm -hmm. so those those are the only straight cornerbacks and Logan Ryan's a guy that can go back and forth. And Darnay Holmes, I think, probably a guy that's going to work primarily inside. So you're looking at three guys that are 
primarily outside cornerbacks with Ryan and Holmes perhaps being able to do that. And Ebner, to me, I wouldn't even necessarily qualify as as a safety. I think he's primarily a special right. teams guy. So then you have Chandler, Love, and Peppers as your three safeties with kind of Logan Ryan going back and forth. I think you need – and that's the thing, Lance. You say, okay, maybe keep nine DBs. I know that's not what you're advocating for. That's something that they could think about. Ebner is one of the nine. And that and that's the thing. He's To me, he's much more of a special teamer than a guy you're going to see in the defensive secondary a lot. So virtually you almost, almost have eight. Right in terms of yeah. guys that really have a lot of experience playing Agreed. defense. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah, because all of his snaps, the majority of them in New England, were on special teams. And you know, there's one final thing I definitely want to say before we kick it out of here, John. Yeah. And that would be that uh, we talk all the time about the unknowns, and I think all of us had heartache on our 53, did we not? Yeah, but who knew about the injury? Okay, and that's what we're talking about. Hey, look, you sent me a message yesterday. All right, tell tell the folks what you sent me yesterday afternoon. Oh, <laughs> tell me because we had done our final fifty three predictions. Yep. on the show yesterday, and we wrapped up the show around noon. At around I don't know what was it two or three o'clock, we heard word that David Sills got put on injured reserve mm-hmm. because of the foot injury. And I wrote the Tino and Lance. I think Lance was on the email <laughs> yeah, too. I got it. Yep. I officially replaced David Sills <laughs> with with, with uh, Johnny Holton on right. my final fifty three. Which, by the way, I was not going to mention because it was wrong. Thanks a lot for selling me out, Paul. I appreciate <laughs> it. But you know it's okay. But that's the thing. You know we just and that's why you guys didn't have Sills on your final fifty three. By the way, because of the injury, and I rolled the dice because I didn't know what. The right. seriousness of it was. But all three know. of us rolled the dice on Hardage. Yes. <laughs> and we all lost. <laughs> Correct. Well, well actually, you know what? what I, I, did not have, I did not have Hardage on my final 53, by the way. You did not? I did not. No, I did not. Oh, I take it back. I did not. Okay. But so I, I, but, but by the way, I didn't know about the injury. I, I just I, <laughs> okay. it, it was not injury related. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, and, and that's the one thing I, I think, you know, I just want to make very clear to everybody is that there are so many different angles to the prism and so many different pieces of paper in each guy's personnel folder and you know we could say all we want to about the logic behind what we think is going to be the likely move we could also say what we thought we saw at practice that looked good and and maybe we're not so sure about well all those things are really great but you know what there are more pieces of paper in that personnel folder for each one of those players than we could possibly know and those things make a big difference when it comes to making a roster. And that's why this thing is such a crapshoot. Okay, before we say goodbye, guys, two things I want to touch on very quickly. Guys you think are most likely to be on that practice squad when we look at it. I don't know, when's that going to be finalized? Probably like Tuesday or Wednesday, I would think, Paul. Usually that's when we get the final practice squad. Well, you know what? They actually have 24 hours. Once the waiver's clear 24 hours from now, you can start signing practice squad guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so by 4 o'clock tomorrow. tomorrow well, no, it'll, Sunday, it'll yeah. start at 4 o'clock tomorrow, but sometimes yeah. we don't get the announcements on who's on there until oh, you know, no. Tuesday or Wednesday. Actually, you know what? Yeah, the teams are very slow in most cases to announce those practice squad guys. You'll wind up getting them from the agents who are going to put that stuff well, out and you know, might, over Twitter. And by and the way, it might even be slower this year because a lot of these guys might have to go through additional protocols if they're coming in That's not from true the Giants. Too. Which, by the way, is another reason why, as Dave Gettleman just announced uh, the other day in his presser, and you played the cut, I believe, on the show, yeah, I did. you're more likely to bring your own guys back Correct. for that very reason. Anyway, well, so I also who, think you're more likely to bring your own guys back because they've been with you throughout the whole offseason yes, and yes, familiarity yes. with the schemes so, too. So give which me, I think is a huge advantage. So give me some name guys that you think, and and we can go back and forth however you want to do it. That you think are most likely to show up on that practice squad at whenever least, it's finalized. At least three receivers. 
Yeah, at least I agree. And maybe and I, four. And I think you know the guys we've talked about, Bachman and Mac. I think would be on the top of that list for me, of the guys that that were let go. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think John Halapio being on that practice squad is probably likely, given they brought him back to get a look at him. I think if they could add him there, I think that makes sense. Um, Eric I think Smith, Grant Haley maybe? could be a name. I think Grant Haley's a good yeah. one, Lance. I agree yeah. with that. And yeah. he and he's a, and he's a guy that's under four years, so he wouldn't take up one of those slots. I think either Rush or Tanny or both of them have potential mm-hmm. to be on that practice mm-hmm. squad. Well, uh, Connolly, right? Connolly, yeah, unless he's be brought back candidate. before Absolutely. that, no question. He might be on the fifty-three in a day and a half. Uh, Tomlinson <laughs> and or Dickerson, I think, are also options at tight end. Totally for agree the practice with you. squad. I'll give you one, Carson Tinker. Yeah, as a long snapper, good call. Yep. Um, Chris Slayton, the former seventh-round pick. I could see him being a guy perhaps on the practice squad. Benjamin uh, Victor could be one of those receivers, especially sure. given his size, if no they doubt. want to have some no differentiation. Doubt. Your thoughts on maybe Drayvon Askew-Henry, given his versatility in the defensive backfield as a possible practice squatter. Yeah, you know, he's a guy actually, John, who could play all three positions. He well, can play some I, safety, yeah, exactly. he can play some slot, and he can play some boundary. Uh, you know, I... I Again, I, I think I think he's a bubble practice squad guy. How about that? A not bubble just a practice squad guy. <laughs> not just a bubble fifty-three, but a bubble practice squad so guy. So he's the seventeenth candidate for the practice squad. <laughs> yeah, because uh, you know you know a guy you, we left off and just kind of throwing names around is Tyler Haycraft. Yeah, I was I was actually just about to bring him up. I Offensive think he's a, and yeah. you know Brandon Williams and Jaron Williams at corner. I think are possibly two guys that you know maybe one of those guys even gets back on the active roster. Who knows? Um, I think those guys are possibilities, too. Well, so. look at it this Especially way, John. Jaron Williams. Yes. There's there's 27 guys. Again, Plotzgummer, the international Austrian uh, running back, does not count. He is obviously now uh, off the team. Uh, he was only an international exemption. So there are 27 names that the Giants paired from the roster today, and they can bring back 16 plus the two guys they're going to use for the Mayo and McKinney spots. So in reality, you could see 18 of these 27 names coming back to the team. Let, I mean, let's just do the math oh, yeah. and make it clear for yeah. people. 18 out of 27 could come back. All right, and now, Lance, I know you like to keep track of this, poll. I don't know how much you have over the course of the day, if you've been glued to your Twitter feed or not. No, not at all. Well, I know Lance has been. Because I watched because the Army football game. Does. Oh, good did, for you. Did you guys watch some uh, of that? I did not. I was, I was spending some time with the daughter today. Oh, uh, that's a good move. Yes, absolutely. It was a beautiful day out today. It was very yes, nice. Yes, yes. Um, anyway, guys around the league that maybe were let go that surprised you guys and you think maybe fans should keep an eye on. Well, I would probably put this under the category of surprise only because they're not that far removed from when they were drafted. The Eagles parted ways with two guys in the secondary that they drafted in the 2017 class. Sidney Jones, who, remember, was hurt because he got hurt in the combine. Towards Achilles. Yeah, and then Rasul Douglas. Those are two guys that are also familiar with the division. So that's why I think those are worthy of throwing out there simply because of the fact, I'm not saying the Giants, but if you are looking to bring somebody in and you don't have, obviously, the same type of flexibility, maybe you point to guys that have been in the division and understand the opposition. Paul, anybody jump out to you? 
Well, I mean, Hakeem Butler. There we who, go. You know, skyscraper. The, yeah. <laughs> I, look, look. Paulie loves his skyscrapers. You know By the way, that. that was a Cardinals wide receiver who was drafted last year, just for clarification. Yes, and cut yesterday, waived actually yesterday. And drafted and, about what, Paul? Four or five picks before the Giants drafted Julian Love? It correct. was a few picks before. Yeah, it was mm-hmm. a handful. And the thing about it is, waivers expired on him at 4 o'clock today. I did not see any claims. Now, he, he suffered a broken hand as a rookie and spent the entire season on IR. I don't know what happened to him during the course of training camp where they decided to give up on him. Was it something physical? Was it an attitude? Was it a personality clash? What exactly happened there? I do not know. But I will say this. He was a very intriguing skyscraper coming out of school. And uh, there's got to be somebody in the NFL that if he's passed through waivers now is going to grab him as a free agent. I would be intrigued to at least make a phone call and investigate what exactly the yellow flags may be with him because uh, for a team that could use a skyscraper, he would be a heck of a guy to bring in for a try. Yeah, the Cardinals also just loaded a wide receiver. He might have just got caught in a numbers game too. Yeah, a lot of young guys on that roster. Mm-hmm. All right, I mean, a couple contracts, by the way. We got a Keenan Allen contract extension, and we had a Deshaun Watson contract extension well in the last couple of hours. Yes. Yeah, I know Paul's very psyched about the Deshaun Watson contract, so I'm very anxious to hear his commentary. <laughs> I didn't see the numbers on it, Lance. Lance, give it to him. I what know you get? do. What I do you know get? you got him. What do you get? What do you get? <laughs> I know, well, I know you are armed and ready to go. <laughs> for $160 million. And there's $111 million guaranteed. But that's not necessarily the fully guaranteed money. So about 40 a year. Hello? Okay. Yeah. And that's what's being tacked on to his existing contract. And, and that is He's according, under contract through 2025. And that is according so you know. to results, uh, according to reports, by the way. Okay, yeah. so there's another team now eliminated from championship contention. <laughs> that's fine. No problem. Not uh, sure they were in man. there anyway, but... That's a good point, John. <laughs> good point. Good point. <laughs> they did trade DeAndre Hopkins a few months ago. That, yes. Well, that, they, they did. That options. might have hurt him a little bit. Bad receiver. Yes, but they don't have another DeAndre Hopkins. <laughs> no, they don't. And he catches just about anything thrown his way. So yes. I can't say somebody else on the roster meets that criteria. Not, not a skyscraper, but I think, Paul, you would consider him one of those contested catch guys, right? Well, again, when you have the kind of length and the kind of hands that he's got, he plays like a skyscraper, even if not all of the dimensions and measurements meet the uh, the standard. Yeah, yeah. Hopkins is almost like 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 a like like a Superman version of Hakeem Nicks, almost, right? Quite frankly, yes, yes. He was a jacked up version of Hakeem Nicks. I think that's a great comparison because Hakeem Nicks played like a skyscraper, even though technically he wasn't one. All so. right, guys. Final thoughts. Anything you anything else you want to say before we say goodbye? One other thing I wanted to point out, guys, just as an example of the turnover rate on this Giants roster, Mm. I was perusing it as we were talking, and the one position that jumps out to me, if you guys look at the inside linebackers, five guys made the roster, very interesting that technically none of them were on the initial 53-man roster last season. Good point. Just to give you an idea, David Mayo was, remember, added right after, and Devontae Downs was a late addition. So it just goes to show you that position has been completely revamped pretty much in comparison to where we were at this time last year. Lance, great point. And by the way, defensive back isn't that much different. I mean, the only guys returning Mm -hmm. from last year are Ballantyne, Peppers, Love, and Sean Chandler. So Mm -hmm. six out of those ten are new. And Mm -hmm. Ballantyne was a rookie last year, and Julian Love was a rookie last year. Mm -hmm. So they've really, you know, turned that position around an awful lot, too. 
No, you're absolutely right. Hey, you know what, fellas? Uh, Dave Gettleman knew he had a big job when he came in and took it. And we're three years in now, and he has done a a real rebuild. Let's not kid yeah. ourselves. It, it's been a rebuild because, uh, you know, you talk about Sterling Shepard five years in the league uh, now with the Giants, and he is the eldest statesman to wear the helmet. I mean, it's it's just unbelievable, the yeah. turnover. And Dalvin Thompson, the elder statement on defense. It's, it's, mm-hmm. it's nuts. Both those guys are young players on their rookie contracts. It's crazy. Anyway, guys, fun stuff. And, folks, remember, we'll be back on Monday with Big Blue Kickoff Live. What time is it going to be? Don't know. We're waiting to get the... <laughs> That's some tease. Yep, don't know. But Tune in. We'll let you know. It will be Monday <laughs> afternoon. Um, we're hoping for noon, but until we get the official team's media schedule for the regular season, which we have not received yet, um, I can't exactly schedule it because I don't know when we're going to have to talk to players and Joe Judge every day. So we're waiting and waiting, and as soon as I have that information, stay tuned to our Twitter feed. We will put it up there. But at some point on Monday afternoon, we'll be back for Big Blue Kickoff Live in... We can actually start talking about a football game coming up in a week. Alleluia. Woo-wee. We've been talking about the same stuff for the last literally eight months. Well, you know what? It's time to talk about some real football coming your way in a week, NFL style. For Paul Dottino and Lance Meadow, I'm John Schmelk. Can't wait to talk to you on Monday, folks. We'll see you then for another episode of Big Blue Kickoff Live. Thanks for being with us in the Giants Huddle Podcast, which you can find on all your favorite podcast platforms, the Giants mobile app, and, of course, Giants.com slash podcast, where you can find all of our podcast offerings, including the Giants Huddle, the aforementioned Big Blue Kickoff Live, and, of course, Giants Rewind with Carl Banks. For Lance and Paul, I'm Schmelk. We'll see you on Monday. Have a good one, everybody. Have a great holiday weekend. Stay safe.